Hello and welcome back to JLXP. We got Freak back in the house. It's our two-week checkpoint where we have to Bi-weekly. speak to Freak. And it's interesting yeah. because uh, there were only two series this weekend in North America. The first one uh, was cast by Gabby, and then the one today was cast by Flowers. I haven't really yeah. seen you in a while. That's true. So we have yeah. a lot we, to catch up on. We did have a meeting on Wednesday, though. So we yes. saw each other in person pretty recently. True. True. But I haven't cast in over a week now. I'm used to seeing you like on the weekend. Yeah. That's true. Point. But how was that's watching true, how was watching the LCS? I had I had my my experience watching the LCS for, for a while last year in the summer. Spring. Right. But just this mm-hmm. weekend, like how was it as a viewer? What stood out? <laughs> it was fun. Um I mean it was it was fun like watching a, a actually relatively close series in mm-hmm. the fact that um like FlyQuest you know, did something against EG, which is cool to see. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was just like sitting there like kind of more by myself, like, ooh, is it? No, okay, Golden Guardians didn't get anything done. But it was like, you know, cool to see them like try whatnot. So it was, it was. I didn't have anyone to like bounce stuff off of. Uh-huh. It was like, you know, I can't yell and have Kobe or you or someone else like, you know, either in casters in the green room, whatever, like mm-hmm. talk to me about, uh, you know, oh, here's where you're wrong or I agree, whatever. Um, so. Yeah, I'm gonna go. You know, I'm going to go through the weekend in chronological order. I think that's what we're okay. doing. So we're going to start with Saturday, where uh, I got to host again because Dash was attending a wedding. Uh, I, I, I was pulling for Golden Guardians. We had a triple analyst yep. C9 prediction, so I threw in Golden Guardians 3-2 because I thought Cloud9 was uh, possibly going to be shaky, and I thought yeah. that they needed to show that they could actually win through someone that wasn't Summit. Um, and I wasn't actually sure what Golden Guardians was going to try. I thought either they were going to actually just counterpick with Licorice and go that route where he's just going to go head-to-head against Summit and they think he's good enough to at least, you know, either go even or beat him a couple times and then the team will mm-hmm. win the other ones. But they, it looked to me like they tried to lift as much as they could out of the 100 Thieves strategy of let's just tank top and then pick scaling and win. But then they also had that with Nocturne all three games and... Like Nocturne doesn't work that well in front to back team comps where they're just like diving with yeah. their Orn. So yeah. that was that was a weird series to me. It ended up being a quick C nine three zero. But before I before I give my thoughts on like what surprised you about the series, I, I want to hear that. Mm-hmm. Sure. So I think there were some really nice moments. Like I liked or Nocturne just like one shot in the gangplank two or three times across that series. Like okay. that works pretty well. Like early on. So I. Like I you played like, a you like lot Nocturne, of Nocturne because it was and it was well, three times. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I played I played a hundred solo games of Nocturne last season. Nice. Um, like he he's like a champion that I am like intimately familiar with. Um, and and yeah, he's really fun. He's 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 good in situations where um you can keep the game more split up because like he just will duel the enemy AD carry, and if you have any help at all. Okay, he won't duel, but like he'll finish the kill in the enemy mid laner. Mm-hmm. So if someone's off in a side lane, like give him any help and he'll kill that person yep. and you kind of play and that's like pride Stalker's play style as well as like i'm one of the carries he's really farm oriented like nocturne fits that if they can keep the game more split up and we saw again yeah. the level six dives on on the gangplank that worked pretty well um but yeah they're like oh they already got to the dragon or like they got the second herald guess we'll fight second herald and yeah nocturne's not a great team fighter um, like of all junglers, he's not a good team fighter, right? Like mm-hmm. he is a diver and you either want a dive buddy, which like, or an ult is like a better version of gangplank ult where like mm-hmm. it hits the back line and you know, it helps. 
Um, or like you actually want an Ari diving in there as well, or you, you know, have a Renata Glass like, you know, revive the city or whatever. Like if you want yeah. something else going on there, or you're really, really pegging yourself as like, yes, we're gonna win the first 12 minutes really, really hard. Because don't worry, we'll like we'll pick you off in rotation so that mm -hmm. when your mid litter comes down to join Dragon, we just catch you in like the mid brush by river, right? Like it's 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 really, really active and you fall off a cliff. Um unless you have split push pressure and he shadows those lanes. Um and yeah, Golden Guardians didn't do that. They had some gold yeah. leads, right? Like they did. Th like the first the first two minutes were good. Yeah. And so a quick tangent on the nocturne thing. Mm -hmm. Uh He's he's not seeming at that point now, but that might just be because champions like Rel aren't as good. Because, like, to me, when Nocturne was really broken, and maybe this was last year with you, was when you could do Nocturne-Rel. But specifically, okay. like, the triple combo was Nocturne-Rel-Oriana. Sure, yeah. Or even... He's a good delivery system. Yeah, or literally even Nocturne-Rel-Annie. Like, some mid laner that has a really rapid AoE burst. Because the... The things you're talking about Nocturne is like, oh, if you can spread the game out, he's good because he'll kill people in side lanes, which is always true. But then mm -hmm. if you come together, he was, to me, actually just broken last year because if you came together and then when the lights go out, people's natural uh, instinct is to shrink because they want to mm -hmm. find their teammate. I see. So then you hit them with Oriana Rel and... <laughs> you just yeah, win yeah. The, you just win the game right because he's, you, you can't he's split coaxing up. you into bad positioning right yeah, exactly you can't split up you can't group up so you lose like it was so it was so potent back then that's interesting yeah i mean certainly if you can all time it right like if if i mean i think nocturne works like when you're ahead and your team is ahead whatever yeah. right because like okay well now we get the vision advantage so like either walk at us and we have vision advantage or mm -hmm. like run away and we get the dragon uh, but like, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't do much. Like he's kind of like Jinx where yeah. he doesn't do much if you're not already ahead. Like Jinx mm. needs that first reset to like be as good as other AD carries in like game team fights. And Nocturne like needs that dive to matter for like anything to happen. Otherwise he's like a, a not tanky bruiser with a stride breaker and a guardian angel or like Pokemon is a guardian angel. And it's like, I mean, that's not Sinjao, right? That's not, yeah. you know, least in kicking and getting out, right? Like he doesn't have any of those things that other fighters can have. Um... And, and yeah, in the very specific window where you're already in a range of, of like a flash Annie and Nocturne dives in, like that's a very specific thing. <laughs> it um, is. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I trust that you're right and that you saw it in scrims and whatnot and that's how it kind of yeah. played out. But, we came back but, from yeah. uh, an eight, like an 8,000 gold deficit against TSM with Nocturne and Annie Rel. In, uh, because they just they just grouped up. In they just like they just decided yeah. to not position well against yeah. um against Annie and just killed yeah. themselves. So and that was exactly a repeat game of a, a scrim we had against like a hundred thieves academy, and where okay. they were also up like seven thousand gold against us. But then we then we won that with Nocturne Annie Rail as well. Uh, but more generally about the series to touch mm -hmm. on some things, I was yeah, I was generally disappointed in the way Golden Guardians played. It yeah, me too. It definitely it definitely felt like they threw in the towel a little bit. Um, not because they picked Nocturne the third time, but just, I don't, I don't know, man, that, that team had so much spark in so many games and I'm using very general terms, but, uh, in like playing aggressively and actually displaying good teamwork and making big plays, but it felt like almost every single fight against cloud nine, uh, they were like either nervous or overpressing a blaze. Olive got picked off a bunch of times. They, I guess I am disappointed that they didn't give Licorice a go button kind of the whole series. They were just always telling him to play back foot against Summit. And then when Olive is getting caught out of position and Berserker and Isles are just sticking together in lane, 
there just weren't places for them to make plays. And they were just, they lost every objective fight. That's my ramblings have yeah. kind of turned to this. Their objective setup yeah. was really poor and yeah. they were just starting. Yeah, they were literally just starting objectives and hoping things would work out is what it felt like, which is just hugely yep. disappointing for a team that has been developing for so long and has such a large coaching staff um, that they yep. didn't look organized around objectives. That was, that is the biggest thing that stood out to me and why I'm disappointed in them. Yeah. I'd be really curious, like what their, like what their week or two weeks of scrims looked like. I mean, maybe they yeah. had assumed they're going to face hundred thieves. Maybe not. I don't know, but like, it wasn't like the bracket was going to flip, right? It was seen in a hundred and then, you know, they had a full week to know, okay, it's definitely C nine and watch those games and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can understand, like, I'll break it apart a little bit, I guess. Like, yeah. I can understand them saying, like, hey, the way we're going to win is going to be X. Like, Licorice, I'm sorry, like, you're never going to outlane Summit. And they had, like, that Gwen versus Orn game where he forced the he forced the, the early recall on yeah. Wave 3, and he bought refillable, and then, you know, he got to walk back. And, you know, unfortunately there, like, Licorice, because he got forced to do a late recall because of the late invade, he had to, like, ghost to lane, and then he couldn't... He couldn't auto attack the first three melees because saving his Q to harass the Orin. Yeah. And like it's all very specific stuff. It's like, okay, he's down 60 gold, he shouldn't be. He's on a summoner, he shouldn't be. He's still forced an early recall, which like he then TP back on the cannon wave to catch it. But like, okay, at least for a bit he can fight. You know, and then like when they were doing the Orin Nocturne stuff, he was setting up kills, like at least things were happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right, like their entire setup um around uh objectives, the fact that like they're just like, oh, we're down gold. Let's fight for second herald. It's like, why? Like, how are how are we still in a world where teams are not? Oh, that's a different point as well. In a second, okay. that's that's similar. It's like, how are teams not in a in a spot where they realize like, oh, we're not expected to win, right? Like, mm-hmm. okay, so we either lose nothing, gain something cross map, and give up half a turret because of herald charge, or we like seventy thirty lose a team fight and gain nothing. And lose half a turret and still losing the herald. It's like how like how are people still in this like day and age of like it's it's a twelve year old game. Your professional players, how do players still not realize like how has this not been like ingrained into their heads that like yeah some fights are bad. Like like give up sooner, go cross map sooner. Like we have an entire season of like Danny or FBI being left on an island of the bot lane, like taking three turret plates and the team takes herald. And it's like look, do you watch games ever? Like it, it's wild to me yeah. that that like teams still get this wrong so horribly when like i couldn't tell you every single one that's happened but i know that i've seen way too many teams show up late to a herald watch it die and then go back to mid lane or like show up see a dragon die and walk back to mid lane and it's like you could have just taken mid lane and maybe even tier two and then actual play would be positive for you yeah I'll, like I'll, they didn't respect the wave i'll devil i'll devil's advocate this a little bit okay um it looks a lot worse from spectator than it does from fog mm. would be the 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 way I'd answer why do teams show up? Cause you're specifically saying like, why are teams you're saying, why are teams late contesting objectives when they could have just taken an objective or are you saying yeah, why, mean, it, why are teams forcing objectives when they don't have the right setup? Which, which one it, should I dive into first? Right, right. So it's, you're the losing team yeah. and you should, and you credibly believe the other team is going to, is going to play this objective. Right. Okay. So like, it's either like I'm losing team. I'm showing, I mean, it's really both to me. Yeah. It's like, I'm losing team. I'm showing up late. Just, just don't even bother. Like, like for me, and I'll go on my tangent is like I'll play flexi with friends or clash with friends, and yeah. we're like, you know, low diamond average, right? Yeah. Like, but you know, whatever. And and it's like, okay, dragons in a minute. I'm like, I will ping like 
Go fucking top lane. We're shoving that wave in. We're taking top lane tier one for dragon. Yeah. And I will tell I will tell my random diamond four friends, like, yeah. we're gonna go take top outer. Everyone move up here, like get out of bot lane, like AD carry can go take mm -hmm. the mid wave, and then we're all gonna go ward the top jungle. We're gonna ward their red buff. We're just gonna get up there and like, hey, if they screw up, we're getting top tier two as well. Great. Yep. But like I'm just telling everyone, like, here, everyone just go to this side of the map. Let's go. Yeah. Um, and like, I'm just some idiot, right? Like how are pro teams not even like aware that they're losing and should be doing something else? Yeah. Well, for one, uh, it sounds like the things you have is like a unified voice and then people that are willing to sacrifice their own waves to go for things. So that's like already like better than, than like the majority of league teams. Uh, but secondly, I would say that. Uh, we'll do, we'll do other team is going to set up a dragon. So therefore we Great. should cross map first. Um, mm -hmm. it is much, it, it is very hard to actually track where the other team is. Would be, okay. would be what I'd say. Even in, even in pro comms, like a lot of times you don't know for sure if the team is going for dragon until you hear it die. So by that point, if you try and move top lane, maybe that's too late. And then also, if your AD carry is still in bot lane and you've shown three people top lane on a ward, those three guys that just killed Dragon are diving your AD carry, um, so to speak. But like, just the timings can get really messy. And then the one that is, I understand why it happens, but I still really hate is the we're behind, so let's run to an objective. And just because the, the bet there is that the other team is going to try and contest undermanned. Right, mm -hmm. so that you're just gonna like get a five before because someone's there and they're just like, oh, we're ahead. We're gonna try and start, try and stop you. But I also, I also made some rules about this because I like, uh, and I actually think like clash teams could follow this. And maybe if you play like flexq with friends about like right. what you need to do if you're starting an objective, specifically dragon setups. Uh, this cool. will depend a little bit on the meta as well. And I have it written down somewhere else, so I'm gonna try and do this from memory. This is not all the rules. Um, you must have a pushing lane. So you need to, are, are we taking it through, mid, are we pushing mid or are we pushing bot? Um, a couple years ago, like in 2020, Damwon actually usually did it through bot, which everyone had been talking about mid prior for like years and then Damwon was just doing it through bot. Um, but here's the thing. If you are starting, if you are starting Dragon without a wave pushed <clears throat> and without a clear willingness to turn and fight when a team enters your zone, you're losing eight to nine times out of 10. So what that means is like the, the pixel bush or like the banana bush, you should have your pink there and you should be positioned such while you're taking the dragon that if they step there, you're all ready to go. Um, because if you're in the dragon pit and a team is just able to collapse in around you, you're like, I've seen so many fights where you're just screwed. And what it looked like to me like Golden Guardians did is they... We're starting the objectives and did not have a clear plan of which spot they were going to fight on. And that could be from miscommunication. That could be from Ole just being inconsistent on when he wants to try and fight, right? Like he, he might not have enough patience or he might be too aggressive or Pride Starker might be too stubbornly trying to finish the dragon or they have mixed comms. Um, but yeah, really disappointing. Not necessarily an excuse, but that's just kind of why I think those things happen. Because in the moment it is hard. Yeah. And if you're not... Yeah. If you're not simplifying down to like rules frequently, I think mm -hmm. uh, all your instincts can can go out of whack. Yeah, I have I have yeah one personal anecdote for this actually, which is um, 
uh, <laughs> winning Riot Rumble back in like 20, like 15 or something. Um, okay. And uh, my jungler was Zyrene. And he was like a Diamond 2 jungler yeah. in like 2015 ish. Like it was pretty good. It was like a D2 way to carry back then. Um, and I remember like there, there were two games that stood out to me. Um, one where like we were doing a dragon or something and you just like, just like randomly flash engages. We're like, oh, I thought we were dragoning. Um, yeah. And so I like yelled at him after the game, like, bro, like, I don't mind the call to turn, but you got to tell me you want to turn, okay? Mm -hmm. Like, just like next game, like, please tell me you want to turn. And then, like, I'll follow you, but like, I need to know because I'm like burning cooldowns on Dragon right now. And yeah. next game, like, we're doing a Dragon, whatever. And he's like, okay, as soon as someone walks up to here, I'm flash, I'm flash ulting them on Sejuani. I'm like, okay. And, it's gonna work. and then we just like crush the team fight, right? Yep. And yeah, rules are not, and I, I think that's actually smart, by the way. Like, the rules are, are really good and get people on the same page that they know what to look for because everyone's got their own understanding of the game and, you know, what they look for. But as as soon as I, like, you know, too aggressively told him, like, look, just tell me when you want to do this and I and we'll be there for you. And the next game, he just tells, okay, when they go here, I'm going. And we're yeah. looking for it. And then, like, like Clockwork, he flashes forward and we're like, then we've all turned. It's great. So, yeah. so yeah, I mean, those kind of communications just, like, it's so easy to, like, talk about. Like, oh, just say when you yeah. want to go, forehead. But, um just like you you just get you just get results if if you get people yeah. to get on like a very basic level of yeah. of playing together speaking of basics and this will be the last uh i i think we talk about this before we move on to the next series um i'm going to talk about golf actually uh great so this this happens a lot in a lot of professional sports like league of legends where because you're so worried about details or high performance that you forget very basic things. So a lot of the very best golfers in the world, if they're struggling, will literally go back to the driving range and like check their stance. Like, are my feet the right distance from the ball? Is the, is the club in the right space in my stance for, for, for where it is? Is my grip, is, it, is my hand too over the top? Is it too underneath? Right. Like it needs to be just normal. You'd think that would be a basic thing that these guys are never checking, but they actually have to check it all the time. So um, with league, even mm -hmm. going back to very basic things more frequently than you would think is needed can be very helpful. Yeah. And that's just with all sports, I think actually. Yeah. I think that that's something that I actually thought about a little bit recently, which is um, the idea of just like, and maybe this is just like people getting smart about the game as a whole. Mm -hmm. And so it just sounds obvious in retrospect, but like, I mean, think about, I don't know if anyone's like, if you play flex with your friends at home, anyone or yeah. anyone's playing clash, whatever. And, and like, people are like, okay, like we're going to really drill down on like getting this draft appropriate, right? Like think about how much time, like even pro teams spend on yeah. draft prep. And it's like, well, just imagine you were just better. And, and I don't want to sound that stupid, but like how many, how many like, like big fundamentals could you have just improved upon? Um, in those and it's like, like hour like, and a half. Right. And yeah. I guess the thought is like, okay, like, hey, what are what's a normal CS at 10 mark for, for players today compared mm. to players in 2013? And like, how hard is that really to be better at last hitting? And like, maybe mm. actually quite, I don't know. But like, um, you know, we have all these discussion on like optimized items and optimized runes and, 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 ooh, you know, counter pick and make sure you man the right champions. And it's like, you could give like any team comp in the world a T1 and they'll just like play league better than you. Yeah. And like all the specifics don't matter. Um, and I do wonder, like, at, at, at all of the play, really, at all of the play, like, cool. how much time is spent on, like, slightly improving specifics when just, like, getting overall better is just, like, and I don't know how you just get overall better, right? Exactly. But, like, no, that's an interesting concept. Like, what if, and uh, this is, like, what practice tool theoretically would be for, but, like, 
if there was better ways to practice your free throws or your three pointers or dribbling drills, right? Like those types of things, yeah. which is literally mm-hmm. just let's take these six junglers, let's get perfect jungle clears. On average, yeah. it'll make us three seconds faster. Yeah. Let's crash a bunch of waves into turret. Let's practice. Like, let's throw a couple Jinx rockets at the wave to make the health all weird. Let's just yeah. practice. Like, all right, how many can I get when this 12 minion wave hits? Can I get 10, 11? Doing that yeah. over and over again means when you get to 20 minutes, you're going to have maybe two to 300 more gold, right? 100 gold a person, sure. five, like that. That could actually make a difference. So that's that's sure. interesting. Uh, not many people are doing that, but it would be poss- it would be like a fun thing to experiment with. I think. Yeah. Because a player like Chovy is like the best CSer in the world, mm-hmm. and he sure. probably didn't like actively practice it. But I do wonder, like, if one person, some like psycho, just spent three hours a day in practice tool, last hitting yeah. with like no items yeah. and no AD runes, if he mm-hmm. would be able to CS as well. There's obviously like harass and stuff that goes in, but I, but I imagine yeah. like the raw mechanic of timing your last hits, you could probably get just as good as Chovy, but it's, it's no one can actually dedicate like a hundred hours to the raw mechanics of last hitting the same way that like, yeah. I think there's a lot of people that could shoot like 95% from the free throw line yet. No mm-hmm. NBA players shoot 95% from the free throw line at a certain point, the amount of practice you put in doesn't count and like, doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 You but, always get measuring turns. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, sorry. I, I, no, go I, ahead. I talked myself into a, another tangent. Um, people <laughs> flamed. So here's here's a weird one. Um, people flame LeBron James's free throw shooting like crazy. Mm. They used to, at least. Um, oh, God. But, I, but how much does it really matter? Okay. Is, how many, how many points a question. game does LeBron give How many give points up? per game is he losing? So... Because that's that's a relatively fair metric, right? How many points per game does LeBron lose by having a lower free point percentage? I'm, I'm gonna glad, guess it's like three points per game. I'm glad that's where your brain went. So, uh, let's let's go to the 2018 season. That was his worst free throw percentage. He shot 66 and a half percent from the free throw line. Okay. He shot like 58 percent from the field. So that's like a terrible free throw percentage. Like the majority of NBA players shoot better than this. So he's missing a third of his free throws, right? Yeah. But he shot 7.6 free throws per game and made five yep. of them. So on average, he's yep. missing two and a half free throws a game. If he shot yep. free throws like at an elite level, like let's yep. say 85%, it's, it's less than it gets one point a game, basically. Yeah. So in the grand scheme of things, I don't know how many free throws he shot, but that was, it, yeah. I, yeah, I was guessing three and it was actually less. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So in the grand scheme of things, like, all the different things he trains. Like, sure, he could actually score one more point a game from free throws, mm-hmm. but yeah, that doesn't matter, right? Yep, it, it, doesn't. it does. Like the the, the it matters I a mean, little bit, sure. but other things can definitely matter more. It's non-zero. Yeah, yeah, of course. All right. Yeah. Thanks for that. No, uh, I, think, I think that's that's really relevant, right? Because yeah. you know, one point a game is one point a game. Like, there's not much more you can say about that. Like, that's a really sort of self self sufficient, self contained mm-hmm. metric. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, I mean, ultimately, you're optimizing. Like, okay. How can we get LeBron to score two points, you know, or one point a game more? It's like, well, I can, I can get my freezes up to elite level. Yeah. Or what else will get me one more point? Train a game? this other skill. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I actually, I block one more shot a game. Well, that blocks two more points a game. Yeah. So guess what? That's actually worth more, right? Like yep. if you can get one more block a game, that's better than improving your free throw percentage from ass to elite. Yep. 
three point percentage. Okay, is way more. I don't know that's harder, right? But like, yeah, right, yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, totally your point. I agree, and that's that's kind of the fun thing. Um, I don't want to take this a long time. This segue. Okay. Um, but um, because I I haven't finished my thoughts on it, but uh, part of the reason I flame things like Void Staff and Lord Dominus Regards second item mm-hmm. is like in very specific situations they in fact deal more damage than the opposition, and that's true. Yeah. But they also don't do all the other things that the other items do. Like yeah. you know your wave clear being better, your cooldowns being shorter, yeah. your survivability being higher. Like those also all matter. And the point of like how do you more point a game? It's like how do you win one more team fight? Yeah. And occasionally it's it's the other things and not just the raw DPS. Um. Anyway, there's there's a whole thing about that, but like. Yeah. That's, it's it's along those lines. That requires diving diving deeper. Like how mm-hmm. how do you mm-hmm. grok what a better CDR is or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All these things yeah. are the thing that stood out to me in the EG game today. Mm-hmm. Uh, EG FlyQuest. It was three one, relatively one sided. Impacts Gwen. Mm-hmm. The way he team fought with it, to me, was just different than the way other people quit play Gwen. Uh, and I, I could go, like, I might go back and try and pull specific things. Obviously a lot of people like do a bunch of damage on Gwen and are very good split pushers. And I don't think impact is like the most amazing laning Gwen or carried in a huge way, but his, on other champions, his ability to space a team fight and be a frontliner who just takes all your attention is great. Mm -hmm. And he, he literally played Gwen that way. Like his items are AP carry items. But his impact on a fight was frontline space creator. And comparing, say, Licorice's Gwen or even Kumo's Gwen and just the way they approach team fights, I feel like the, the approach yeah. was actually completely different. The approach of, I think, yeah. most Gwens is, oh, I need to find a way onto the back line so I can like threaten and kill the carries. And impact was literally just like, no, I'm just going to create a ton of space. Right. And then we'll win. And that's kind of what mm-hmm. happened, which was really cool. Yeah, I think that's smart. I mean, I think it'll come down in every given case. Like, I mean, let us say she can kind of do both things. Like, she's a strong champion. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to come down to the team comp you're in. I think she usually, unless a head doesn't have enough damage to solo kill an AD carry. Like, she doesn't have yeah. Zed damage windows, right? Yeah. Like, she's not Talon. She's not Kiana. Like, you you can you can go fight the AD carry, have them, like, trade back against you, have them get pushed out, and then when your W ends you Zonia's and the AD carry's at 20%, there's no threat anymore, and you're like... Well, what did I do? I traded a health bar for one that's not going to end, and mine, I have to flash or I'm dead. And it's probably I have ghosts, so I'm just probably just dead. And hopefully, you know, okay, I, I, you know, CC'd the AD carry for my, you know, my six seconds, my eight seconds, whatever. Mm-hmm. Was that after win the fight? Maybe that's true, right? But like, so is playing Malphite and pressing R to the back line and being like, well, I'm going to buy eight seconds. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, you know, with other things you can do as a Malphite. Um, so, so yeah, I, I like the idea of, um, Kind of zoning even more people out of it. I mean, this is why she has the W that she does, right? Yeah. Is she's meant to be able to team fight. Like, it's why that ability is so absurd. It's because being a, a light fighter is really tough in League of Legends. And it turns out the only fighters people actually play in competitive play are Gwen is immune and Sanjay Ult, who's also immune. And it's like, yeah, we have Olaf who falls off a cliff. We have Noctuin who falls off a cliff. We have Lee Sun who falls off a cliff, but he can kick Flash or AD carry in and then fall off a cliff, right? Like, what are the fighters people play who aren't just invincible with, with you know, Gordrix yeah. and Sterics gauges, right? Like, those are dead now, right? No one plays those, right? There aren't there aren't really top lane fighters much right now. It's, you know, Jace is a poke mage. Um, Orin is a tank. Malphite's a tank. Um, Renekton is getting memed on because he's been nerfed 17 times to find he's not invincible anymore mm-hmm. and Sterics is dead. Mm-hmm. Like, turns out it's hard to play fighters in League of Legends without some kind of really, really good tool um, yeah. that makes you a good fighter, right? Like... Camille, I guess, kind of, but even then, she's rare, right? And it's because 
usually want a second diver so you can one shot the top yeah. lane and Camille's or, like you know, almost a little bit more of an assassin in a sense like, yeah i mean yeah, yeah i still call her diver yeah. like diver definitely is like the diver. call she's definitely diver yeah 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 but yeah like generally speaking you need a second diver for a diver to do their job correctly unless you're playing split up it's like well i locked mm -hmm. someone down and mm -hmm. the team is there so you know the 3v1 gank were my dive buddies but yeah, yeah like divers in general can't solo anything that's just like not how they work like that's just not where their damage is tuned which is fine but it means that, that yeah you don't get to play backline gwen unless someone else is there so you mm -hmm. should play frontline gwen and have easy ways out and and you know just kind of front to front line something else i want to track because i saw impact i felt like did this more than other gwens is mm -hmm. standing at the the farthest edge of his immune zone yeah. right like rather than being mm -hmm. kind of inside he was like right at the corner all the time good um and yep. I just thought he did that more than other people. So I'm going to, I'm yeah. going to track that just to, to check. Uh, Danny as well. He played really well. Yeah. He played really, really well. And I think looking mm -hmm. forward a little bit to their like C9 series that they're going to have to play next week. That's, that's going to be super, super important is if Danny Vulcan can outperform Berserker Isles, which like we're 99% sure is going to stay Berserker Isles and not go back to Winsome. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I think, generally speaking, it is hard to carry, pretty hard to carry through top against impact. And I think Cloud9 as a whole did win their last series without playing through Summit. So I think they're going to kind of yeah. continue to do that. Um, but yeah, a, a lot of it I think is going to come down to which AD carry can get ahead. Because Berserker is so insanely good. And I actually think Danny is, he has become extremely underrated. Because uh, I think. Most people mm, would have had okay. him as like the fourth best AD carry in the league because you're going to have put him third for me. You, who do you put him ahead? Oh, go ahead because there's because there's Hans, FBI, and Berserker. Oh, I put him ahead of FBI. I'm pretty sure. I mean, okay. I could go back and look, okay. and maybe it was actually he wasn't there. Like, I, like those are close to be fair, right? Yeah. Um, like there's a clear top four, and then I think there's a there's a a valley. Yeah. You know. Um, because maybe way, I actually had him fourth. Yeah. You're right. Because the way I was yeah. looking at it is there were for most of the year it had been like this clear top three at least to me because FBI is like the defending mm -hmm. champion even though he slumped a little bit. Um, but I'm willing, maybe these are famous last words if he just gets mm. bopped by Berserker, but like, I'm willing nice. to put Danny as like, oh yeah, he is just there. Like he is just in that top four now, rather than there being these like three elite guys and then uh, Danny and then the rest. Oh, interesting. Okay. Like, that, that's interesting. Yeah. I'm so, kind of so ready to say there's is... four elite guys. Okay. Got it. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm in that boat already. Oh, wow. So like, okay. welcome to the boat. Cool take. Uh, now, I, I will say, <laughs> I will say that like, um, I, I guess I will say that like I think Berserker and Hans are are uh, are up here. Yeah. And then there's like FBI and Danny, and then there's the rest of the LCS. Okay. So like you know there's an S and an A and then like C or something. Yeah. Um. But like there was a clear top four and a cutoff. Um. I don't know if I say all the top four are in that same bundle. I don't. I don't hate the idea. I think if you're like yeah. oh no they're all they're all within five percent of each other. I think that's respectable. What would um, what would FBI have to do to get into your top two? Like if it, cause, um, cause with that guy, because right. I think that's just where we might disagree the most. Because for me, he had a bit of an off split, but when I think about the way he just like yeah. is always in the right spot in team fights, mm. he d he does that like almost more than Berserker even, even if his yeah you might be right. aren't as crazy. I, I mean, I think that matters though, right? Like, yeah. I think I think your decisions and your hands, you know, is like the sum of who you are as a player, yeah. basically, right? And and I just seen more of so like these, you know, none of these players are players who just outright kill themselves for no reason. Yeah. Um, 
I would say, you know, they're all players. Like, I think I think Hans is the best positioning of anyone by far. Hans just, like, doesn't get hit by stuff. Like, he's thinking so many sets ahead that, like, when when people... So, like, the, my example is, like, when people are flashing to dodge a Malphite or Hecarimult, he's already walked out of the AoE, and his mid lane is flashing, but he's already gone. Right. Because he knows it's coming. Like, that's something that some guys see Hans do that no one else does. We're just like, the engage comes in, and I'm always expecting a bunch of flashes, but he's, like, already over the wall. Mm-hmm. Like, he's already mm-hmm. backed off. And so that, that's one thing that's unique to him, where his defense positioning is better than anyone in the LCS. Um, and he's still obviously a very good laner, and he's a very good team fighter and all those, but, like, that's where he's a 10 out of 10, and then everybody else is, like, an 8 or a 9. Um, for Berserker, his, his choices of going in and his hands, those are both at 10s. Like, the really premier AD carries, you know, double back when he was in top form, Berserker right now, you know, uh, Uzi in his prime, right? These are players yeah. who are like, oh, I just go in now because it's going to work, and I'm going to get those last four kills. Like, that is hard to get, and that's easy to get wrong, and there's all the, the all the wild turtle memes and the Cody mm-hmm. Sun memes from those, right? When they're wrong, they look really, really stupid. When they look really good, and Danny's here as well, Danny's like a 9.5 on this one. Um, like, th- that's, that's, when, that's to me, like, such a big sell. Um, this is ah oh, okay you're you're there right um, and it's and I guess the reason I I'm not completely sold the Berserker is the best is because um, he was straddled with Winsome for so long I don't know if his landing is good or if it's Winsome's fault okay or like if it's landing yeah. is bad as Winsome's fault yeah. right like he could just be a good team fighter or it could be that he's finally gonna be unlocked you know now that he's got Isles here because like hey look Ole and Loss is not a real test I'm sorry right like yeah. okay up against up against Danny and Vulcan okay cool like show me this lane. Um, cool. So that's why I'm not cool. like 100 percent on him. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, I mean, that's kind of like my explanation of, of AD carry power rankings. Yeah, I think you explained it well. I don't actually have I don't, I don't have big disagreements. I think the only thing that I would uh, push back on a little bit is I I would say that FBI and Hans approach team fights in an extremely similar way, um, okay. rather than Hans being like a level above uh, okay. FBI in that sense. So I see those two as actually like very very similar players. And then okay. I would say Danny and Berserker are also more similar. Like if you're trying to, yeah, bu- I agree with that. if you're trying to bucket them, that's kind of the mm-hmm. like super, almost slightly more conservative, but still extremely high damage players. And then right, ten and yeah. nine versus ten and nine. Yeah. like on these skills. Yeah, maybe it's like nine point five and ten. Like they're they're or all whatever. They're, they yeah. all just seem really elite to me from an eighty carry. Perspective. They are really elite. Yeah, they are really elite. Yeah. Um, okay, I I think that's it for LCS playoffs this week. Unless there's something else you want to touch on. No, I think that covered everything pretty yeah. well. I mean, EG Fly was interesting in game two, but whatever. Yeah, it happens. Mm-hmm. Fly's coming back next split. They surprise people. That's true. G- mm-hmm. G2, I think, is what the majority of people talk about, and we normally don't talk about LEC on this podcast, but it's we'll talk yeah. a little bit about G2 and then a little bit about like the globe in general because LCS playoffs are heating up in the sense that we have our top four now and our finals will happen in two weeks, but... The G2 finals were today. <laughs> and I yeah, got yeah. I got a little bit, like, maybe a little bit jealous that their, like, biggest team had this amazing mm. Yoko run because it's just so... It's so cool for fans when that can happen. Um, and what is... Like, Caps as a player. And I, I'm not going to go, like, super specific on this because it's a 12-game win streak they went on after they knocked down in the lowest bracket. They 3-0'd Vita- Vitality, where Caps took down Perks, right? They 3-0'd Misfits, where they beat the the MVP, right? They 3-0'd Fnatic, where Humanoid just looked bad, and then they 3-0'd today. So a crazy run. I think half of it was Caps playing at, like, an extremely high level. And then mm-hmm. for, like, Humanoid... Something was definitely like off and broken with Fnatic. They actually ended the season on a six-game losing streak, which is crazy. Um, but 
talking, what I wanted to talk about here is uh, not any like deep analysis, but the concept of fans and what that can do to a player like Caps. Yeah. Um, okay, so you've experienced, everyone has experienced this moment when playing games. Like anyone who's into games, they'll get to like a big moment um, and because they haven't been there before, they'll be like a little bit nervous and you like you can get that feeling. Like I haven't actually had this feeling mm-hmm. in gaming for a long time, but you get that feeling where you're just like really amped and want to perform well and that's almost yep. like too much adrenaline and you'll fail. But I think what happens to a player like Caps, and this is my this is kind of my working theory, is he's so good and has been so good and hasn't really been challenged. He hasn't been the same player since fans went away. Like for sure. almost two years. But sure. there if there's so here's podcast listeners can yep. do this without the hands, but there's <laughs> Jeff's holding his hand up for those yeah, watching. I'm holding my hand up for audio only. There's yeah. uh, no energy where you're just going to be sloppy yeah. and lazy. And then there's like too much energy. And then yeah. the sweet spot's like right here. I don't think the sweet spot's like close in the, to the middle. High energy. Yeah. yeah. The sweet spot's very close to the high energy where you don't, don't want to overcap. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I just don't feel like Caps had ways of recruiting that energy without fans. But like, when he did recruit that energy, he like reached back into being the super elite mid laner again. And I, I think that's a big reason they made this run. Sure. That's really yeah. possible. I'm going to, I'm going to devil's advocate without actually really necessarily meeting my side. Got it. Which is, um, about the time caps got really good again is exact same time that hundred thieves stopped being garbage. Right, like at about the same date, right okay. in the same week, Caps is like, I'm gonna take over, and we're gonna go like what twelve and zero or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Hundred Thieves in a very similar boat just started taking names. So what's, from about the same what's week, the parallel? In, well, the parallel is simply that like, well, the season's been on for about three months, and the slump is over, it's and like I'm gonna again. gear up in time for the end of the season. You know, MSI's yeah. at May. Like, let's get there. Yeah. Um, now. Obviously, it's also possible that it was yeah. actually, you know, crap buff. Like, that's, of course, reasonable. Yeah. But, like, right, did nothing happen to make 100 Thieves suddenly stop slumping? They just started working harder. Yeah. Um, this is what we heard from Papa Smithy um, talking about, um, you know, people having kind of long schedules and, and keep pushing and keep pushing. And then finally, okay, like, yeah. we were taking some time off. Now we're going to go back into it and start working harder. And, like, it could be that, like, well, we lost a Fnatic 3-1. Let's, we should try playing better, you know, like, and then and then going from there. Um <laughs> And and yeah, I mean G two Vitality, you know, that that's just really close. Caps was the difference maker there. Like yeah. he stole a dragon as Ari without yeah. smite. Like that's yeah. just you know. And, and, like, and so it, it is funny how much the twelve zero run is like. Well, it's because held up as his twelve zero smite. Thing, where like it, it, if you do this this run, like the players play exactly the same, but just like the coin flipping mm-hmm. goes differently. It's like oh yeah, yeah it's a twelve three run, which is still very could good. easily that's have awesome. happened, but it's still really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, yeah. I hear you. I I definitely think. Uh, it would be a combination of those things. I don't want it to come across like, oh yeah, by the way, he was in front of fans, so now he can play two solo queue games a day and be the best ever. It's yeah, of course. It's uh, just finding motivation and energy that comes from the universe. And yeah, yeah. Uh, for caps, I just I'll, I'll go I'll go back and double check it later. But like, I, I really do think he's he wasn't caps without fans, and he's caps. That's probably true. Yeah. That's probably true. So I buy that. Uh, I absolutely buy that. And let's hope there's fans at MSI because he's going. Yeah. 
Speaking Meanwhile, of speaking uh, of undefeated runs, who who else who else choking in front of fans? Yeah, right, Faker like, all the you time. You get the other side too. Yeah. Oh, I mean, full. Uh, yeah, right. Right for jump to MSI, but like, yeah. Um, right. Who you know was anyone who choked? Because now we're not just online only, or not just empty studio only, right? Like, oh, like he went right, up and right, who right. went down, right? Yeah. Like, like, maybe it is twelve three. You know, if uh, the fans, you know, like humanoid, it's not, people aren't over humanoid definitely went down. Right. Um, that's an interesting one to think about because. His like, rise, the run, humanoid, yeah. humanoid's rise, has mostly been during COVID. COVID, yeah. He he went to Worlds and was a really good player on Splice back in 2019, um, mm-hmm. and then also like there were no fans at Worlds 2020, and Matt also played like garbage. So like it's not like, yeah. um, but it's fan. So okay, fans are, are an element of this. The other element is yeah. just like the the charge you can get before going on stage and like just how it feels. Um, and sometimes you get that from just knowing there are bigger stakes or knowing who you're playing mm-hmm. against. And sometimes you're getting that just because there's people, there's like a different people watching. Everyone's going to be a little bit different, but the, the yeah, overall concept of like finding that sweet spot of adrenaline is, is an art form that's uh, that you just can't like fabricate. The very best players can fabricate. Yeah. And it's part of why players like, uh, like, I'm sure everyone has seen the last dance at this point, but like, did you, did you watch the last dance? Nope. Okay. I got cool. I get to explain this. Right. This, this lights me up. Um, Good. <laughs> did you, you probably saw last dance memes. Probably. Did you see the meme of Michael Jordan? And I took that personally. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That's exact. That, that, that was the whole show. Like obviously okay. not the whole show, but literally like anything could happen. Like someone, he was walking by someone in the hallway and he like didn't give him the proper respect. And he was like, I took that personally. Next time I played him, I made him, I made him pay for that. <laughs> like He just, he found ways to feel slighted and pissed off so he could That's be motivated funny. to crush them. Uh, That's funny. And it was just his way of getting in the zone. That's he cool. just had to be pissed off about everything and just like, okay. And if you ever get the chance, go back and listen to his hall of fame speech. Okay. It's so funny um, because Great. of how ruthlessly, like not intentionally, because of how ruthlessly competitive he is. It's like this 10 to 15 minute speech. And he's like, I just want to thank my high school coach who didn't want to start me. And I just want to thank, you know, Byron Russell, who after I'd retired the first time, you know, challenged me to uh, like blah, blah, blah. And it was just, it's like five minutes of him. Like, I want to thank this person who doubted me at some point in my career because you were wrong and and I was right. And I haven't played for five years, but you know what? I could still probably play. Like I could come back. Like he's just so (laughs) like, he's like daring people to, to motivate him again or something. It's, it's cool. That's funny. Uh, T1 really quick. I want to talk about, yeah. Um, actually you, you, you had something to say about this, about their, their undefeated run. Yeah. So, um, I, this is not taken away from them. Same with the G2 one. Like, I'm not trying to say, like, they don't deserve the run. They don't deserve the spot. Uh, but people are talking about the the undefeated T1 run. And as an esports boomer, and and from what I can tell, about um, 20 to 30% of, of uh, LCS viewers have also been watching about that long. Maybe 40%. Yeah. Um, Faker had an actual undefeated season where they didn't drop a single damn game. All right, they perfected the group stage and they rode every single best of five in the playoffs. Okay, that is not what this one was. So I, I mean, they didn't lose a single match. What year was that the What year was the undefeated season? This was probably the 2015 on the road to Worlds, or it was like right after winning Worlds. Really? Yeah, I think I think like oh. they won Worlds and oh, then went yeah, home yeah, yeah. and then didn't drop a game. So yeah, it was that like, wasn't LCK it was though. Like that was uh, 
it was it was champions korea 2016 spring like something like that or winter something like that i so it, it, I, I think I that think was, it was they, they won their second worlds 14 okay maybe it was they won their first worlds and then did it yeah but it was like i think it was right after worlds that's what I remember it being. Oh, why did I not um, remember this? Yeah, yeah, no, it, it, I think it, so. It would be it would count as the winter season, I believe. Probably, yeah. I'm looking. I'm looking this up right now. So there, this is when the format was different, though. Is when 16 teams mm-hmm. were in there. It was Group A to Group D. They yep three zero zero, which is group. a six zero game score, which is not as yep. many games. Okay, that moves to playoffs. So I'll move to. Yeah, and it was five three straight BO fives. I want to say. Then they 3-0'd Samsung Blue in quarters, 3-0'd KTB in semis, and 3-0'd Samsung Ozone in finals. So it it is only 15-0 in games, right? Which, you know, fair. But, right, though that is against more elite competition because the first six are against whoever, and then the next ones are against other teams who were in the top half in the first place in the top quarter and the other finalists. So, like, you know, it's a a rather difficult 15-0, right? Uh. This isn't just, like, you won two round robins of the LCS. Um be, be, okay. Right, because you're playing Sigma Steve in Korea three times in that, right? Yeah, so and, that was, was 15 times. This one's 18 0 yeah. match score, 36 yeah. 7 game score, mm-hmm. and then 3031, which would move it to 42 and 8. Yeah. So more impressive, 15 0 or 42 8 is how you want to look at it. I guess, right? Just because obviously. Um, I, I'm not even calling it more or less impressive. I'm just yeah. saying, that like, hey, if I want to stipulate, undefeated means, like, you, you I mean, you're splitting hairs. Okay. Like, they did yeah. not lose a match. Accurate. They are yeah. undefeated in matches. That is true. It yeah. is an undefeated season through that lens. I just, you know, historic undefeated season. They've had an actual lossless season, right? It's, it's all I'm kind of saying there, right? Is like, there's a different version of this that was even more impressive. Yeah. Now, hey, going 36 and zero, that's absurd, right like and i'm not saying that's the challenge um but you know just like hey by the way it's it's, you know just like hey by the way they they did they did something that would argue is more impressive before because right like how far above do you have to be for like let's say your chance to win every single game is 90 10 yeah you don't go 15 and 0 if your chance to win every game is 90 10 Mm -hmm. right like Mm -hmm. it's gonna come up not tails but you're gonna roll in that one you know Mm -hmm. eventually right if you just win every every single game is 85 percent this is your score line Right. This is where you end if you're 85%. If your win rate in Champions Korea 2015's winter is 85%, you're not 15 and 0, you're 14 and 4. Yeah. Right? Like or or 14 and 3 something like that. Which means doing the 15 and 0 instead means your chance at winning every individual game was actually 95%. You were that far above other teams that like you were a 95 96 97% win rate team that okay, you didn't, you know, roll your natural one or maybe you really were something like that. But like no team's 100% win rate like in you know, across infinity, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. But like that means that th- their level of domination was even higher. Yeah. To me, right? Right. To never drop games, you had to be that far above everyone else. I th- I agree, and I'm surprised I wasn't more on top of this during the commentary because people were like, "In the first time in LCK history, we have an undefeated team," which is true because it wasn't yeah, called the LCK, LCK back then. Um, yeah. But I, yeah, and it was shorter back then as well because it went winter, spring, summer. They ran like a three split yeah. system. Yeah. And every other team in the league didn't get COVID back then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which, right. which is like, it's like a right. minor thing. They were literally the only team who didn't lose a player to COVID at any point in the season. For what it's worth, though, three of the players were, uh, as far as I can tell from what I read, yeah. were sick with COVID during the final. Yeah. So, like, but they claim they tested negative you. right before, which. 
Right, sure. I really hope that's but, true. Like, weren't feeling yeah. well during it. Yeah. Like, weren't feeling well, test negative, then some, I don't know. Like, again, eh, I'm, I'm just yeah. repeating what I saw online, so grain of salt and all that, but... True. Um, wow. Either way, still impressed, right? I'm not trying to take away that this wasn't dominant, yeah. right? T1 I mean, are my favorite setting at MSI. They are, to me, the best team in the world. Listen, like, the, the storylines we got going in MSI, even with just Caps and Faker, is awesome. Like, yeah. we, have, we have Faker and the Zoomers coming in mm-hmm. there with... Because that's the interesting thing about Faker's run as well. Like, Faker's still amazing, but, like, they went undefeated because that team is cracked, yeah. right? Like, yeah. yeah, that team is cracked. Guma Carriers, just, like, that That bot lane skill is so absurdly high. Um, so we got them going. We got Caps mm-hmm. going on a 12-game win streak, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if, if you're really trying to build this up as, like, winningest European org ever, winningest LCK org ever, like, best EU mid ever, which there's going to be a debate between, you know, the European fans. But I'm, for this purpose of this, I'm going to say Caps. I'm not making a whole separate video tangent to, sit, to argue about Caps perks and all the other EU mids. Yeah. Faker, Caps. Uh, I really hope the LPL resumes. Rookie's still in there, yep. right? If you mm-hmm. got Faker, Caps, Rookie, Bjergsen. Woo! Come on. Or Fudge. Or Fudge, yeah. <laughs> Rookie, Fudge, same. Basically the same. Fudge, Bjergsen. You, you, never, the same. you never really know. <laughs> One of them's wider. Yeah. Ah, that's that's something I'm looking forward to, but that's definitely a yeah. topic for for another video. Do you have any any final yeah, thoughts sure. before we wrap up? Um, no, I'm just hyped. Like like I'm yeah. I'm excited to see who comes out because um I am glad I got my top four right. This is the top four that I called from the beginning of the split. This is my top four. Um, Same. I did say, and I was thinking about it before the Golden Guardian series. I'm like, you know, I called Cloud Nine fourth. By the way, I called Cloud oh. Nine fourth at the start of the year. The other top three, you know, would have then been the other three. Um, now, I don't know if I favor C9 EG. Like, that one's, I don't know, right? Because, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. EG looked a little wonky and, like, Cloud9 kind of crushed Golden Guardians. But, like, also, I mean, quality opponent, like, neither is that high. So, you know, we'll have to wait and see. But, like, I'm, I'm almost right from preseason predictions. Cool, cool. I called TSM no playoffs and I called this top four. Yeah. I mean, that's that's half the league. That's pretty good. Good job. Good job. Thanks. Yeah. All right. Did you call? Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that in the future. We're, I didn't we'll, call the game scores. We'll talk about MSI in the future. Okay, thanks. I, I did call. I did call uh, T1 because it was like, oh, well, they're after the three zero like undefeated or four zero undefeated match start. Yeah, it's them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> LEC, I wasn't sure at all. There is a lot of T1 G2 MSI content in the future of this show. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So stick around for that, everybody. I'm I'm, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it when we get into that that part of the year. Okay, thanks once again for joining me, Freak, and I'll see everybody Thank next you. time. Bye.